RadioInfluence.com. Welcome to Live Bold and Boss Up. This week, we chat with Jessica Burns. She is a second generation business owner in the commercial and residential construction zone, which I think is huge in and of itself because a female in a male dominated space. She didn't go the traditional route. She went to law school. She's been involved in many different boards and chairs. And then she was also nominated for 40 under 40, yeah. not nominated, well, nominated and honored. Right. She's just really impressive. Very impressive. You're going to love her. I love her. We love her. <laughs> <laughs> and can't wait. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you ladies. Yeah, no, I love your story and I can't wait for you to share your journey with us and, and how you got to where you are and kind of your views. Cause I, I love it. And I think that, you know, it's very in line with, um, you know, what's going on in today's world and your company. I can't wait to learn more about you and share your story with our listeners. So let's jump right in. When we were chatting earlier, you were mentioning that you're a second generation business owner, yeah. which which I think is unique in itself, right? Yeah. And, you know, not a lot of children want to take over their parents' business, right? And it was just, I loved your story from, you started from the time you were four. Of course, you like, you know, zoomed in and out of different yeah. stories, but I, yeah. I thought that was brilliant because you knew what you wanted to be when you were that yeah. age. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like our characters developed by the time what we're like seven or eight years old or something, you know, and those, those core interests are there. I always wanted, I wanted to become a lawyer because I, I, I believed in advocacy and I just couldn't understand how some people maybe had a different life experience or, or, or might've been treated differently just because they didn't know what their rights were. So that was kind of like, that was my like childhood dream of like, Oh, I want to help people. And I want to become a lawyer because of, you know, for, for this reason. But so really, you know, carrying on a legacy as a second generation business owner was not really what I had intended to do. Um, but you know, I think like a lot of people last year, like 2020 was a period of reflection, you know, sitting in our homes on, on, you know, lockdown allowed us to really kind of self-reflect and think about what was important in life and, and, you know, the limited time that we do have, like, how are we spending it? How are we experiencing joy? How are we serving our community? And, and, and all of that made me realize like there's something to be said, something to be proud of a family, you know, a family business or to be able to build a, a legacy or to, to try to build generational wealth. So I, I never imagined that I would be a president of a construction company. <laughs> <laughs> and even when I was, you know, before going back to law school, when I was working for my dad right out of undergrad, I really like, I, I, I really was not sure if this is what I wanted to do, but it was more so I wanted it to be a choice for myself and not just something I did because, you know, I was the boss's daughter and I didn't have any other options. So 
I definitely think, um, you know, if you, if you look back at your childhood, you think about like what you liked, like, oh, I like helping people or I like taking care of people. And then you end up being a nurse or a doctor or, you know, I, I like arguing or I like debating or something <laughs> like that. You might find out that you, you might want to be a lawyer, but, you know, and I was just fortunate enough that those, those skill sets that we, you know, learn in law school and stuff was transferable to business. And it, it just all just kind of came full circle and made sense for me. So. Right. I love that. I love how your passion of going to law school and being a lawyer kind of meshed with the, your dad's company and it kind of, you know, it was the perfect combination and you put the two together and now you're the president of a construction company, but all those law skills go into you know, making you who you are today. And, you know, you wouldn't be where you are if you wouldn't have gone to law school and right. kind of all came together. Yeah, I did. You know, I mentioned it's full circle, but so when I, when I first started working for my dad, like, so I, I come from a family where we always had to have a plan, right. You know, it wasn't just enough to like, okay, I have a job and working like, what's the next step? What's your next goal? What's the, you know, what's the next thing that you want to accomplish? So even though I was, um, you know, I had a job, I think by that time I'd moved out of my parents' house and um, I was trying to figure out, you know, what the next step was for me. And I, d I decided to go back to business school just because I, I thought it would be helpful whether I decided to stay and work for my dad's company or move on and do something else. And at that time, I think I was looking at a marketing sort of PR communications um, role. And this is, you know, after I'd, you know, gone through undergrad, I was a poli sci major, I was still on that legal, you know, track. And then for some reason, I got discouraged and sort of switched majors and then went down a different path. But in any event, um, when I went back to business school, I, I took business law and it was like the first textbook I'd read from cover to cover. I loved, you know, everything about that class. And that's what like solidified, okay, I'm going to go back to law school one day. If I don't, you know, I don't, I'm going to regret it. But, um, and then even like in my day to day, I was doing marketing and drafting proposals, but I was getting really deep into like the terms and conditions of the contracts and all that stuff. And, and so that's when I realized, like, I still had this kind of innate, um, you know, desire to, to develop that skill and to learn more about how that might, you know, transfer to, you know, running a business one day. Right. You, you had mentioned when we were chatting earlier about, you know, Hey, if you don't feel confident you know, I've got a story for you. What was that story you were sharing? Yeah. So, you know, people, you know, people here now like, oh, she's gotten, you know, multiple degrees and very accomplished professional and all that stuff. And it, it, and it may seem like it came easy to me, like school came easy to me, but I was never like the smartest kid in the class. You know, I, I struggled for that strong B plus. Um, <laughs> and, um, and even getting into grad school, like I got some very borderline mediocre, <laughs> you know, just enough to get a pass and get somebody to accept me into their graduate program. But my first semester, I was taking prereqs and I failed finance and I, I'd never failed a class before, like grade school under, you know, undergrad, I'd never failed a class. I never knew like that sense of holy crap, what did I get myself into? Maybe I'm not good enough to do this. Maybe I don't really have it in me. Um, this isn't for me. All of those, you know, thoughts went through my head and right. 
it's kind of funny. Um, for a while after I got my degree, I had this recurring dream that I did not get all my credits to graduate. Oh, no. <laughs> it was like this nightmare that kept coming back. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't graduate. I didn't finish all my classes. But I think that was just that subconscious, like, you know, um, that, that self-doubt, I guess, kind of, kind of wanting to creep back in every now and then. But, you know, I got through that program. I passed finance the next time I took it, but it, you know, it taught me something. It taught me that I had to approach uh, that program differently than I did any other field of study that I, you know, I'd had um, taken on before. And learning that in uh, my MBA program, prepared me for law school. Like I went into law school thinking, okay, I'm going to have to learn contracts a little bit differently than I learned torts or something or, or civil procedure. And so I I was able to kind of get ahead of, of the learning curve by understanding how I study and all that stuff. But um, I love that. I wish I, I knew that earlier too, because you, right. You don't learn one subject the same way as you learn the other. Right. And that's, that's a huge, I think, tip there. And I, I love that you were so vulnerable and shared with us that you were like questioning, like, should I do this? Am I, am I, am I going to be able to do this? Because I think everybody has those thoughts, whether they admit them or not. Right. And I think it's just, it's nice to hear that others do have those thoughts and you just have to, you have to push through, but maybe in a different way. Right. That's the difference between someone who, you know, fought through it. Maybe you didn't pass finance the first time, but then you did it again and didn't let that stop you. That's the difference between someone who, you know, has overcome those obstacles and has become stronger because of it. And someone who just gave up. You know, I think so often it's easy for people to give up too easily. It is. And I think, you know, I'm the type of person, it may take me a while to make a decision to do something. Like I may think about it and really got to research it. But once I commit to doing it, I'm committed. So, you know, whether I pass, fail, whatever, like I I set out to do something, I put it out in the universe. I said I was going to do it and now I'm committed to doing it. And I think that's what we have to do sometimes. I mean, nothing, nothing is easy. Nothing worth having is easy. Um, It's all going to come at a challenge, but I think if you accept the challenges, you can grow. Um, Again, you can learn something that can help you to advance, you know, further on in your career that maybe that you know, would have slowed down your trajectory had you not been open to it. Um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm all for just, you know, constant like growth and advancement and, and self-reflection and introspection. And Oh, I like that introspection. <laughs> I love that word. What you, um, I'm hijacking the question. Sorry. I, I, um, I love the fact that you said, um, like trust your gut deep down inside. When we were chatting earlier, you were sharing that. And um, that was, I think, one of the points that you wanted to share or one of the stories that you wanted to share, because even at four years old, you you knew what you wanted to do, but then you kind of got derailed and you were like, well, why didn't I trust my gut? Like, why didn't I stick with that? Right, right. Yeah, I think um, we're, you know, in our younger years, we are a lot, smarter and understand a lot more about ourselves than I think we realize we do. 
So, you know, I just remember dressing up and in, in my little blouse and carrying around my briefcase and, you know, playing, playing court with my friends and, you know, the fourth grade. And who does that when they're teeny? That's so <laughs> cute. I love that. I love it. Like Matlock. And, uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so I, you know, I think that, that there was some sort of seed that had been planted at that time, but I think, um, you know, as we, as we kind of explore what we like and understand, you know, what, what's a hobby, what can I do as a profession, um, that sort of evolves. But yeah, I do think you really have to trust your instinct, trust your gut. It's there. It's telling you something. It's your spirit inside that's, that's telling you yes, no, it's that discernment. Um, and I think it, it's, it's definitely a guiding force in my life. Um, and so I've learned to kind of trust that, that gut feeling and that instinct, you know, when I'm trying to make decisions and it, it very rarely, you know, steers me wrong personally. So my question is, is, um, did your dad, you know, being a business owner, want you to take over the business? Was he trying to steer you a certain way? Yeah, I think he's, you know, I think most parents that kind of set out to, to, to start a business, you know, dream of being able to pass it down to their, their, you know, son or daughter one day. And um, his father was, you know, an entrepreneur and business owner and had a, a janitorial business. None of his kids wanted to get involved in it. They all kind of wanted to do their own thing. Um, you know, my dad grew up on the carpentry and woodworking trade. And so, you know, he used to make fine, you know, furniture and fine art and realized it's really hard to support a family off of being a fine artist. And so evolved into carpentry and then developed the, you know, the construction business. And so it was, I think it was always in his sights, you know, to have that business passed down to his kids. I remember, you know, spending my summers in high school going in and answering the phones. Um, it was, you know, it was the family business was a part of my life growing up. Um, and I think I saw, you know, the firsthand sacrifices my family made to, you know, to try to, to get that, the, the business off the ground. And so, when I first started working for him, you know, initially I was planning on just working and answering phones and helping out with marketing materials and then finding, you know, submitting resumes and finding something else and moving on. But I pretty quickly realized that there were so many advantages and so many, so much good that came out of the family business that I kind of owed it to myself. I owed it to my family and I owed it to my parents to at least try it, like give it a legitimate shot and say, okay, I'm, I'm really going to invest myself. I'm really going to learn the business and I'm really going to give it a fair shot and see if this is something I can make a career out of and, and something that I can be passionate about. And so, and so that's what I did. Um, but I think, you know, he had a, a, a huge hand in it because he exposed me to it. Um, he, he taught me, you know, all the perks and benefits of what it's like, you know, to be able to have your own business, some of the tax advantages and, um, you know, expenses that you can, you can write off that you can't do if you're working a nine to five for somebody else. I mean, it, you know, it has its pros and its cons. Um, you're also the, you know, usually the first one in the last one out and working weekends and it, you know, keeps you up at 2am, um, cause you want the best for, you know, your business and your team and, um, and ideas floating in the middle of the night and all, all of those good things. So, yeah, so I definitely think that um, he tried to steer me into the direction of, of taking over the family business. And I think I tried to also, you know, take a step back and 
and, and make sure that it was something that I really wanted to do for myself. And, um, and then once I, once I realized that it was, it was an easy decision to come back. That's great. Your dad sounds like a great guy and I'm sure he's very proud of you (laughs) being now like the president of a construction company as a woman, I feel like in a male dominated industry, how, like what challenges have you had to overcome or do you overcome on a daily basis? Yeah. Um, it's a little bit easier now that I've started to like grow some gray hairs, <laughs> but I will tell you when I was, you know, when I first started, I was fresh out of undergrad. I was 23 years old. Um, you know, I was working in construction, um, and, and, you know, it tends to be very like good old boy kind of network. Um, my dad, I think could get along a little bit easier cause he's older, he's male, he can kind of relate in, in ways that I couldn't. So initially it was a, it was a challenge. Um, I had it a little bit easier because I was, you know, doing more soft skills with, um, marketing and business development. So there, you know, the, the few women that were in the, in the industry were in those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing I kind of like about being in a male dominated field, um, as you know, one, a few women, one, a few minority women is that you're often underestimated when you walk in the room. And it's also, it's, it's awesome to see people's face when they realize, you know, what the heck you're talking about and, um, and can run circles around them. Right. Boss up. Love it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) So, so yes, I've gotten used to it and, and, you know, going from construction to the legal field. I mean, you know, women are still very much underrepresented, um, in the legal field, but, um, I like it. I, you know, I get along with the boys just as long as I get along with the girls. <laughs> right. So. I love that. I, I would love to get your perspective now on hiring, right? Now that you've, you've had your fair share of challenges getting into construction, being in a male dominated, you know, world, and now you're really in charge of hiring too. So what, what kind of perspective do you kind of bring, right? Yeah. To that area. Yeah, I um I think so much about the right hire is 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 really about the fit. You know, it's about the fit within the organization. It's about um, understanding the culture. It's about understanding the vision and do, does my personal vision for my life, what I want to accomplish, you know, how I want to spend my spare time, align with the vision of the the, the company. Um, I love having a diverse staff and age, backgrounds, ethnicity. I just think the, like the collaboration, the ideas, the experiences, the thought process, the way we can serve our clients is so much better when we have a diversity of thought and a diversity of ideas and experiences around the table. So, um, you know, so that's always something that I'm looking for, you know, in my team, do, are we well represented, um, And I think, you know, just in terms of what I'm looking for when I'm hiring, I really love, I love confidence. You know, I love, I love confidence, not arrogance. I, I, you know, I want people to be assured of themselves and their skills when they come in. Um, We do a lot of fishbowl interviews and we have people from different departments and it can be kind of a, a, you know, a little bit of an intimidating experience, but I love it when people come in confidently, um, you know, can clearly communicate their skills, why they want to, why they want to work for our organization. Like, yes, I know I have a position to fill and I'm out there and I'm trying to sell you on our business, but I also want to know why you want to come here because 
Um, I, I, I don't think a lot of prospective employees um, see the flip side of the investment that employers make in recruiting and retention and training and, and trying to make sure we get the right people in the right seats. And so, you know, I just look for people that are candid, they're themselves, are open, you know, they're honest about what their goals are, they're honest about why they want to come work for us. Um, and look, really just looking for that synergy and just making sure that it's going to be a good fit for both of us going forward. That's great. Has, has the past year, have you had a pidget? Pidget. <laughs> have, you, have you had to pivot at all? Um, like your culture and how you retain and attract um, new candidates or employees to your business? How has that changed? Yeah, definitely. And so um, I'm, I'm sort of, you know, back new to the entrepreneurship side, back new to construction within, you know, the last six months. Um, and, and just even like, like in the generational shift from the way my dad recruited and hired into the way that I'm looking to recruit and hire is just completely, it's completely different. And then we also have like a different appreciation and understanding for like the full benefits package. You know, my dad is a boomer and he comes from the era of like you get paid a, a salary and you work hard and you're, you're there on time and you, you put in a good day's work. And I think, um, younger generations, millennials included, you know, through whatever the next, whatever, whatever that was gen, it gen Z. What is it? What is the next one? Is yeah. it Gen Z? I think so. I, I think, think so, so too. And so, you know, we appreciate, I think the flexibility, we appreciate the autonomy and being trusted to be able to do a job and do it well and, and not be micromanaged. And if, you know, I like my dog, you know, like is sick in the morning and I get there eight <laughs> instead of eight o'clock, it's not a, it's not a problem. And so, um, so I think just the generational shift has has made me think, rethink about how we recruit and, and retain, but definitely like just everything that's happened this last year, the 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 market for good um, employees is tight. You know, it's a very competitive market. I think people have found hobbies, they've started businesses, which I think is awesome. Um, but there's still a need for really, really good labor. And so we're trying to think about how we, present our company to that labor force and and what do we want to be when we grow up or what do we want to be going forward and what what type of people do we want to have around us and what does our team look like and how do we collaborate and work together so we are looking at like what's the end goal what do we want to look like what what type of um, organization do we want to look like and then kind of backing into how do we find how do we recruit that talent right i i think that's all important information for potential employees to hear, right? Because a lot of people, right, after going through last year and kind of, I think everyone's kind of soul searching now, they want to know, you know, what's important to the company and where the company is going and um, kind of what their beliefs are as a company, what they want to do. So I think that's all really important things to to know, at least that the company is thinking about. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, definitely. No, I was going to say, and it's, you know, it's one of the challenges that I'm finding is just how, like, how do we, how do we share that? You know, how, how do we share that? How do we get people excited about where we're going? How do we communicate, you know, challenging times to staff and still keep the, 
you know, um, keep the stability and, and, and keep the confidence and the morale up in an organization where, you know, especially in construction, like things are just very volatile right now. The market's mm-hmm. very volatile. Um, fortunately, things are busy. I think things are picking back up, you know, projects that were stalled last year are picking back up. And so I think, um, you know, folks that were looking to recruit are finding some confidence that the, you know, things are stabilizing after COVID and, and opportunities um, are, you know, are going to be there for the long run, but. You know, yeah. Absolutely. I just interested to ask your perspective on what you guys are doing as a company when you have a candidate that is like, oh, Hey, sorry, I have COVID. I you know, tested positive or whatever, whether they're just started and they're in their probation period or long-term employee, what are you guys doing did you did you finalize that piece or is it still yeah you know it's it's still kind of ebbing and flowing because circumstances continue to change but last year i did help um, prepare a policy so i was outside at that time i was practicing law but we did put a policy together that basically allowed um, employees to be paid for i think it was up to two weeks um, if they had a covid related uh, leave COVID related illness, COVID. So if they tested positive and they had to quarantine for two weeks, they were able to get paid for those, um, for those two weeks. Nice. Uh, I, yeah. I, I think, um, I think, you know, candidates are probably going to start asking those questions. Like right now it's, it's always salary, right. But then right behind salary and maybe even more importantly is has been benefits Right. To, to those, you know, those employees that are looking for jobs, right. And, and want to find a great, great company and a great career. And then I think what will probably end up happening is um, the COVID piece right after, is it remote or not remote? That's always a question too. But I think COVID a related sickness, a question will be kind of right in line with the benefits piece. So it's great that you have that ironed out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it took us a while to think, you know, how to put things together. And then there's, you know, some, at the time, I think there was some federal guidance that we sort of followed and some state guidance that we followed and we were able to put uh, a package together. And I think it made employees feel safe, you know, um, uh, you know, that they weren't going to be forced back to work, um, if, you know, if they were sick or ill or, um, and, and, you know, we really just, it, we really just kind of wrapped um, we were fortunate that we didn't have, you know, a lot of people out at any one time, but we did have some instances where people um, were infected and, and they would quarantine for a couple of weeks and they need retest and they'd get back, you know, into work and the rotation. And, and we were able to think, keep things moving. So that's good. I was going to ask what one piece of advice would you give someone who you know, has been working for a few years and wants to make a switch, aren't happy anymore mid-career, what advice would you give someone? I would say, you know, don't hesitate to explore the option and take the leap if, you know, if you've done your research and it makes sense for you, you know, in some circumstances, yes, you may, you may have to take a salary reduction for a period of time in order to get back to, you know, a mid-level career. Um, I did the same thing, you know, I, I, I waited 10 years after, you know, I began my professional career to go back to law school. So I was, I had zero income. I was taking out student loans. Um, And, you know, most of my peers, at least when they came out, were not, you know, some of them were not making as much as they were, you know, at at other jobs coming in, but they had another skill set. They had an expanded, you know, 
um, variety of opportunities now available to them because they had this additional, you know, credential behind their names. And so I, I, I don't regret it at all. You know, at the time, I think it was tough. You know, I left all of my friends in Orlando, moved to Gainesville. Everybody's 10 years younger. There, there's no dating scene for me. Everything <laughs> <laughs> that I could think of why this wasn't the best thing for me at that time was thrown at me again, that those sense, that sense of like, am I good enough to be here? All of it. Um, all of it crept in, but it, it's the best, like, I'm, I'm so glad that I did it now. I don't regret it for a moment. Um, I had some great experiences while I was actively practicing. And now that I'm back in the business world, it, it for sure does something for that confidence. Like, you know, that, that moment that I had that self-doubt, I'm like, wait a minute, but I'm a badass. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, um, yeah. So I, I'd say if anybody's thinking about transitioning mid-career, definitely vet it out, do your research, get a mentor in the industry, um, look at what it would be like to transition kind of mid-career and don't hesitate to, to take the leap. You know, life is short. Um, and I think the days of, you know, having one job for your entire life, they're just, they're just not here anymore. And so if reinventing yourself every 10 years or however many is what you need to stay, you know, inspired about your work and, and enlightened and feel joy in your life, then I say do it. Love it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. That's great advice, Jessica. You know, I'm, I'm encouraged to be a second generation, you know, business owner. I'm, and, and I encourage, you know, other people to think about, you know, how do I carry on a legacy? Um, does it make sense to start, you know, from scratch, start all over again? Or can I take what's been built and expand upon it? And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be the business maybe that your 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 parents or your grandparents originally set out, but um, you can take that stepping stone and expand upon it. And so um, I just encourage everybody to, to you know, think deep and, and look deep within themselves about what it is that you want out of life and, and what you can do to get there and just put one foot in front of the other. I love that. I know, me too. That's perfect ending spot. I love that, Jessica. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for having me. It's been great. And until next time, live bold and boss up.